0: What is the relationship between caffeine and heart disease? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Suzanne Steinbaum, attending cardiologist and the Heart and Vascular Institute's Director of Women and Heart Disease at Lenox Hospital in New York, New York. Dr. Steinbaum, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you so much. What led to your interest in cardiology?
1: Cardiology is a wonderful field because many problems that people have with their heart is actually due to lifestyle choices. Many things we don't have control over, many different diseases, but within cardiology and heart disease, 80% of heart attacks are due to modifiable risk factors. And this is such a fantastic thing to think about because these risk factors are within our own control. And people can make lifestyle choices to actually change the outcome of a disease process.
0: Tell us about the study in the Annals of Internal Medicine regarding coffee and heart disease.
1: There was a study in the Annals of Internal Medicine that actually showed an inverse association between coffee consumption and mortality what this study demonstrated was coffee, even up to four to five cups a day, actually decreased all-cause mortality in both men and women. It was actually more significant in women. Over a two-decade period of time in greater than 40,000 men and over 80,000 women, in fact, the amount of coffee that these people drank per day was associated with a decreased incidence of mortality. And this was independent of other risk factors for heart disease. In fact, the study controlled for things like high blood pressure and high cholesterol and type 2 diabetes, which we know were significant risk factors for heart disease. And independent of those risk factors, coffee consumption was actually associated with a decreased incidence of death and heart disease.
0: So the study found it's okay to drink four to five cups of coffee per day? The study showed that the decrease in mortality was greatest at four to five cups of
1: coffee a day. But actually, even greater than six cups of coffee a day, there was a decrease in mortality by about 17%.
0: Did the study address what happens when we drink more than six cups of coffee per day? There were other studies that were looked at in terms of coffee consumption, and another study
1: that was cited showed that greater than six cups of coffee per day can actually be associated with an increased risk of death. So I think at that six-cup mark, we have to really be concerned about overconsumption of coffee.
0: And how many milligrams are we attributing to a cup? The milligrams of caffeine per
1: cup in coffee is 137 milligrams.
0: Are you aware of any other studies on the effects of caffeine in this regard? Caffeine
1: and coffee intake in many different studies have shown controversial outcomes in terms of worse outcomes It's associated with mortality. And these studies over time we've heard have increased the incidence of cancers and heart disease. And there have been different outcomes from many different caffeine related studies although some studies
0: have shown a benefit,
1: and that's what prompted this study to be done.
0: Explain the physiology of why four to five cups are okay and six or more cups are not okay. What's so interesting
1: is what is really speculated in this study is that caffeine and and the drinking of coffee actually can reduce chronic inflammation. And we see that in the reduction of CRP, which is an inflammatory marker. It's also possible that there is a decrease in LDL oxidation. And with LDL oxidation, we know we have an increase in plaque instability. So this is essentially an antioxidant. Also, caffeine and coffee consumption has been shown to Increase glucose tolerance and, in fact, maybe
0: prevent the onset of diabetes. Describe the negative effects of caffeine.
1: Well, we certainly know with caffeine we get an increase in heart rate and an increase in blood pressure. And these are things that, certainly for our heart patients in prevention of heart disease, we we don't want to do.
0: Is caffeine
1: addictive? I think for all of us that wake up in the morning and run for our first cup of coffee,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we we can answer that question. That would be a yes. <laughs> Dr. Steinbaum, tell us more about the antioxidant effects of caffeine.
1: One thing that was looked at is actually LDL oxidation. So as an antioxidant, we're looking at um, its effect on LDL cholesterol, and certainly that's something that's reflective in the arteries of the body. And there was a decrease of this LDL oxidation. What happens with LDL oxidation is we know that plaque formation develops and becomes atherosclerosis, which leads to heart attacks. So when we talk about decreased oxidation, decreased
0: LDL oxidation specifically, and decreased inflammation, we're really looking inside of those arteries. And tell us more about the increased glucose tolerance effect. What was demonstrated is that in an increase in caffeine and coffee intake
1: is that there was an improved insulin sensitivity. And as we know, insulin sensitivity is what's really the issue in type 2 diabetes. So with drinking coffee, there was actually a demonstration of increased glucose tolerance because insulin was used more effectively.
0: What do you tell your patients about coffee consumption?
1: Moderation. That moderation is probably the most important thing. It's very hard to say, let's, based on this study, have six cups of coffee a day when we know that there is uh, the release of epinephrine and possibly all these potential harm that could occur with an increased heart rate and blood pressure. But what I do say to them is really... If you are a caffeine coffee drinker, it's okay, just in moderation.
0: Are you involved in any kind of research studies now at Lennox? We are working on a study getting approved through the Institutional Review Board,
1: actually, for women who have chest pain who cannot undergo stenting or bypass surgery because of the nature of their arteries being too small or disease being too diffuse.
0: And tell us more about that study.
1: This study is actually using a growth factor that is injected right into the arteries. And it is uh, something that can actually help blood vessels grow and can help decrease chest pain in
0: women. How did the study begin? Women tend to have different types
1: of heart disease and different types of plaque than men. Their disease oftentimes is very diffuse in nature, so it's much more difficult to go in and put a stent and fix the problem because the disease happens throughout the artery. And with these women who may be intolerant to medication, as we all have some sensitivity to medication, there has to be other ways and other means that we can help them. And with this technology in actually using a viral vector that can be injected and help promote the growth of arteries, we can help women patients with heart disease who might not be able to use any other means of uh, getting relief.
0: How are women reacting differently to the medications than men? Each person is different in terms of their response to
1: medication. And some people are more or less tolerant to the side effects. I tend to see many of my women patients not tolerant to many medications. We try to medically manage heart disease as best as we can. And that's limited by side effects, whether it be blood pressure or other symptoms And for these types of patients, it becomes very frustrating when we might not be able to put a stent in, which might alleviate using so many medications, or send them for bypass surgery, which, again, might allow us not to give so many medications. These patients are sort of at a loss and get stuck in between the cracks of medication, surgery, stent. There's not really a place to fit them in. So doing research on other modalities become very important.
0: Will this study be more widespread than in New York? Yes, it's actually started, we are on phase
1: two of the study. It's a multi-centered study, and it's uh, being performed right now in California.
0: Are there any preliminary findings you can reveal? In the
1: initial study, it showed a benefit in terms of chest pain. Women had less chest pain and were actually able to exercise longer. Any side effects? Well, this is our greatest concern,
0: and what we know right now is that there haven't been any side effects, but certainly we need to study it more. Dr. Steinbaum, what are the other significant differences that you observe between the men and the women heart patients?
1: Women tend to present very differently. The diagnosis is so much more challenging in women not only because their symptoms are different and not only because they might just appear completely differently, whether they have shortness of breath or fatigue or jaw pain, they might even have flu-like symptoms. It's hard to even know that they're having heart problems to begin with. Then when actually making the diagnosis, because their disease is so diffuse in nature, different from the man, oftentimes making the diagnosis is more challenging.
0: What's your take-home message?
1: Each woman individually needs to understand their own personal risk of heart disease. They need to know what their cholesterol is, what their blood pressure is, what their family history is. Do they have diabetes? Are they smoking? Are they overweight? Exercising? All of these different risk factors are what lead to heart disease. And each person needs to know their own risk to know how aggressive they need to be about early diagnosis we all are responsible for prevention. We all can take care of ourselves. Eating right, exercising, this is so important. When we talk about coffee and caffeine, this is one part of the big picture in taking care of ourselves.
0: And what's the best way to go about that assessment?
1: Having a good understanding of your risk factors means really listing for yourself what your blood pressure is, knowing what your cholesterol is, going through the checklist. What are my sugars? Am I at risk for diabetes? knowing your height and weight, are you overweight, really taking a good look, what is my diet like, am I sneaking those occasional french fries and potato chips, being realistic and understanding what your risk is about is really taking a good look at yourself in the mirror and understanding who you are in the scheme of your risk for heart disease, prevention, 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 it's the key to taking care of this and eradicating this disease.
0: Dr. Steinbaum, thank you so much for joining us to discuss caffeine and heart disease. Thank you for having me. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library of on-demand podcasts. Thank you for listening.